Hello and welcome to Bookbirds. I'm Caroline Grace Cassidy. And I am Kira Garrity. And thank you for your patience in waiting for us. We know that there's been quite the delay. This is definitely going to be one of my favourite podcasts. We're discussing um, the one, the only, the amazing national treasure that is... Maeve Binchy. <laughs> oh, Maeve Binchy, huh? Oh my oh, God. Just I, looking at her face yes. makes me smile, actually. Looking at Do her you know face that? makes me smile. Yeah. Uh, she's like, she she's just it's like this warm hug oh, of a person really and her books are like that yeah, as well yeah, even yeah. though they've got they, you know they're always discussing something so serious mm. and can be quite dark yes. under the surface above the water she's just you know this gliding gorgeous accessible easy to read story Story. that you can just get lost in yeah the light a penny candle which we're going to be discussing today was her first novel this was her very first novel it was published in 1980 1980 yes yes. so long ago that's like 41 and a half years ago (laughs) oh my god I didn't I didn't read it when it came out because I I was just a kid then but I always remember it being on uh, the bookshelf so obviously yeah. my I think both my mother and father read it and I think that's the thing about Maeve Binchy she knows no gender no you know yeah. it, men read her mm-hmm. women read her yeah um, you know and, and it doesn't seem to to matter it, it's, it's, it could be um, it's probably dressed up as women's fiction yeah but like I know so many men who not only read her but love her but enjoy lo- her I know and I think we have Maeve to thank for a whole generation of Irish men who kind of know women yeah <laughs> thank you yeah, Maeve yeah that you know, is... or know more about women than they heretofore did yeah. <laughs> thanks yeah. Maeve thanks Maeve because in the Irish male you know he, yeah. needs, he needs all the help that he can get in this area <laughs> but the funny thing about Maeve Binchy is um she was, you know, she had this incredibly idyllically happy yeah. childhood. Yeah. But she says that herself. Yeah. You know, um, she grew up in Dorky. Mm. Uh, I think her dad was a judge. You know, they didn't, they were affluent, I yes. guess. Um, she loved school. She went, she was taught by the nuns. She said they were all lovely, you know. Um, and then she went on to become uh, a teacher. And yeah. she taught down in the country. And that's where she, because, you know, you think this middle class, upper middle class yeah, woman how does she from yeah from Dorky like how is she going mm, to know mm. how does she know rural Ireland so well so that's how that's how yeah, I that's, guess that's yeah. how because she was yeah. a school teacher so what happened was she went off every summer um, travelling mm. and she used to go off on her own like she was very fearless yeah that's for that to, yeah she you know, was she'd go off she? on these freight ships um, to these very far flung places where it was dangerous to yeah. be yeah on your own and especially on your own as a woman and wow. this would be back in the 70s you know? she was fearless in that yeah. regard um, so anyway she used to write home to her parents and uh, tell them about all of her adventures and of course like what she says is that what a um, joy it's so know. joyful isn't and it that, that's a word that's very synonymous mm-hmm. with Maeve yeah. I think but um, she said her parents thought that all their geese were swans was how she put it so they thought that all of their children were amazing brilliant and um, of course Maeve being one of them they thought she was yeah. just this fascinating character in fairness they were correct um, which was unusual I suppose in the 70s when you know you were bashed you know college and school and don't be sort of creative and artistic for these people to kind of just go 
just go be. So yeah, she wrote so uh, she, letters uh, to her parents and her dad thought they were so brilliant and so entertaining and of course I'm sure they must, uh, must they, have been, they must yeah. have been amazing um, that he sent them into the Irish Times and boom. Wow. Suddenly she gets a job writing for the Irish Times and uh, then she heads over to London and boom again she's the uh, London correspondent for the Irish Times like such an incredible God. job like. But also like yeah how, what a way in for those days a, a proper way in yes. because you can write like not because you went to college and you had the degree because, because you got wow, the you degree can, then you got yeah, the masters and you yeah, got the PhD no, and like you know it's nothing like that no. it was like good old fashioned you're you know, right for the job you're right, you're for, right the job. for the job you have experience yeah. um, you're good at writing yeah the end like that's it you know so it's, it's amazing for them to fall into that but also saying with this book which you're saying is her first book she wrote it by hand 250,000 words. Oh my God. And like, like look how long this book look, is. So it's incredibly. Book, I do wish that we were on camera here. because I, I will take a photo of Kira's so, copy and oh post it on our Instagram page at Bookbirds because yes. it has been well loved <laughs> or abused. I'm not <laughs> sure which. This book has been loved hard. Oh. <laughs> It's and got, not a smutty line oh, in it, yeah. I might add. Um, it's got 500, it's got basically nearly six, yeah. 600 pages. So she she then sent it handwritten to her agent, who then typed it out. I mean, oh, <laughs> imagine your agent God. typing out your like 250,000 words and then obviously sent it off. And um, like, how the, long is your novels now? Just have, so let, let's have 100, a 110. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bang on the line. Yours are yes. longer. My, well, no, the longest I, one I ever wrote was Finding Mr. Flood. That was 150,000. Wow, that's long. And one of the reviewers said, this novel could have used a stern editing. <laughs> and I sent that review to my editor at the time saying, ah, this is this is on you. This is your bad. <laughs> Hands up here. This is your problem. But yeah, normally I would kind of st- come in at, say, 100 to 120,000. Right. So like, I'm just I'm just asking that question because, so that people, listeners can know how long 250,000 so words is. It's incredible. insane. I think she, was saying, she wrote um, every single day for 40 weeks, apparently. And the detail which we'll go through, you know, I mean, it takes you from 1940 up to 1960, you know, well, so there's a yeah. massive amount of time. And that's the thing about Maeve, like the, it's, the writing is epic. I know. Yeah. It's just epic. And um, it's kind of like she tells the structure of the novel is done in that, like, you know, the nar- the narrator mm-hmm. is that om- omniscient. Oh, Kira, <laughs> I like it when you talk dirty to me. I- <laughs> that's a hard word to say. She's this omniscient narrator. Yeah. The all-seeing, all-knowing narrator. Yes. Yeah. But I think, it, it, well, obviously it completely works in Maeve's mm. work. And I think it's because she is so interested in people. Like if you think about the amount of characters uh, that appear in this novel, I mean, Stop. how many? I, I, I how many? honestly, there must be 30, is there? And they're so well fleshed out. No. Like yeah. literally they are so, yeah. you know, they're, they're so complete. Yeah. But there's a sense of t- taking her time in this novel. There's a sense of where's the rush? When you're reading it, you just feel like, oh, yeah. Oh God, it's yeah. how she just puts it all together that it just is so almost like she's writing for herself. You know, yes, that, that there isn't pure, a bigger pure, audience. For, for the pure pleasure For the of pure it. pleasure of story. Yes. And inventing characters yeah. and being... And you know, a, as a writer, I think I'm definitely, if there's any writers out there listening to us, I think, mm. you know, and if you're feeling a bit blocked or a bit frustrated or it's hard to yeah. get to the desk um, and to get the word count up, 
go and do yourself a favour mm. and read Maeve Binch, or any yeah. Maeve Binchy yeah, novel, absolutely. but especially her early ones yeah. and especially Light of Penny Candle, which remains my favourite Binchy yeah. novel, actually. Oh, it's just... Um, because it, it will actually inspire you. Yeah. And we were just talking before we came on... Um, for about, two hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, for two hours. <laughs> my voice hurts. <laughs> um, I have cream on my chin. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious scones. So thank you, Kevin. Um, what were we talking about? We were just saying um, how just effortless. Yes. Um, yeah, names. go back and like if you are struggling or yeah. if you're kind of feeling, you know, blocked, or whatever, just go back and read Maeve because, yeah, it is just about, you know, she's just telling these stories and it just feels effortless in how she knows the characters. She, it's almost like me being able to say to you, oh, you're wearing this now because I know you so well. She, you really feel yeah. that she knows these characters deeply. Yeah, knows them deeply. And even if they're, you know, the baddie of the piece, yeah. um, she has a handle on them and she understands them. Yes. And she gets us to understand them. Yeah. You know? I mean, she was a people person at the end of the oh day, wasn't God, she? Oh my God, I only met know? her one time. Oh yeah, tell us your oh. Maeve story. I, I don't met have her one. the year before she died. Mm. So, and I actually nearly killed her. I'm <laughs> sorry. so sorry. Like, I mean, uh, like, I really didn't mean to. Yeah, no, but basically it was, um, it was Easton's, they were celebrating their, I think it was their 125th anniversary. Wow. So they're having a big party in their flagship store in O'Connell Street. Did you say in their flat? <laughs> no, not in their flat. Uh, I think that was the after party was in the flat. <laughs> Uh, so flagship <laughs> store um, and Maeve of course was the guest of honour and she uh, she made a speech and oh like everything else about her was just so natural yeah. and it was so funny and it just seemed effortless honest to God but by then she uh, she was quite poorly she was in a wheelchair and um, she uh, I, I approached her afterwards and I, I was I was the fan girl there isn't any doubt about it I hadn't met her and I was a massive fan and I was with my daughter Sive and um, I asked Maeve if you know I could get a photograph with her I was that ah. fan girl like you know and that Sive would take it and uh, Maeve was incredibly charming to us and she was lovely to Sive as well and uh, so she said of course yeah I can get a photograph with her so I kind of because um, she was in the wheelchair so I sort of crouched down Sive so our heads wouldn't be at the same line you know and um, in doing so oh my god like my elbow Kira <laughs> pushed a button on the arm of her Wheelchair. Oh my god. So it started moving and sort of propelled, propelling her forward. No. And oh thank God there was no ejector button. <laughs> Jesus Christ nearly killed me, didn't she? Should we do a little plot summary? Yes, that okay. would be divine. Over to you. <laughs> Don't have one written down. <laughs> so let's see. Okay, well, basically, it's the story of two families, really. Um, and f- first of all, it, it takes us from 1940 to 1960. Um, so we'll do, I'll just do a little summary from the back of Kira's well worn and yeah, torn version. Loved, first loved. of all, it was called The Most Enchanting Book I Have Read Since Gone with the Wind. Who said that? The Sunday Telegraph. Oh, nice one. So Thank it's another Sunday sprawling Telegraph. one. I'll take that review. Thanks. You'll take that. So compassionate and delightful. This is the magnificent story of 20 turbulent years in the lives of two women. One is English, the other Irish. Their friendship is sealed when they are children. Oh, it is, isn't it? It is warm, devoted, unshakable, and against all odds, it survives. Their names are Ashling and Elizabeth. So these are the two little girls that were introduced to at the very beginning of the book. Both are 10 years of age. Elizabeth 
is an English girl she is. who lives with her rather, <laughs> rather, rather austere, loving, shall we say, mother oh, Violet yeah. and her. We'll talk about George later on. I'm remote. not really, yeah, sort remote. of remote. So yeah. anyway, obviously, um, the war is going on, and Elizabeth is sent over to Ireland yeah. to kill Garrett to live with Violet's old school friend Eileen O'Connor and her truckload of children yes. in the country yeah. which like is obviously how many children do they have they have, I a, think lot they've, of they have a lot of children there's a load of yes them. yeah so poor Elizabeth age 10 is packed up off the train station and off she goes for god knows how long I mean she was there for five years in oh the end my god. Like so her like her formative, formative years, years basically yeah, yeah she like, was there and like Elizabeth so yeah, so basically, um, it's a story of, of Elizabeth and Ashling and, yeah. and their their friendship. Their friendship. So over female the years. friendship is really one of the mm. main themes of the novel. Yes, um, and then it has that epic quality, as you say. It, even though it's only twenty years, it just feels like it just feels like it centuries. Just covers centuries. so yeah. much social yeah. history. Yes, and there's so much. Yeah. like and especially when you think about um, the differences between Ireland and England. At that time, during that period, it's fascinating to read. It really really is. Ashling had taken her responsibilities about Elizabeth very seriously indeed. Not everyone was given a foreigner of their own to look after at the age of 10. Admittedly, there were compensations like the beautiful Monica, who had a white front and a purr like an engine and an endless capacity for running after bits of string and rubber balls. And another was that she could get away with a lot of things by having to help Elizabeth. She never had help with the cleaning of the table at home, nor the washing up on Peggy's half day. At school, she could get out of extra homework. I mean, it's gorgeous, the idea of I'm a foreigner of my own, yeah. because it was so alien, wasn't it? I like, must this? mind the foreigner, <laughs> yeah. the foreign girl. And Monica the cat was given as a kind of a, a welcome gift uh, by Eileen. That, yeah. you know, was yeah. something that Elizabeth and Ashen could share. Yes. You know, and here, this here's cat. one of the first massive differences between, like, the, the, the mothers. Like, yes. Elizabeth's mother yeah. is Violet, and she is so... She's so loveless. Um, She's so vague and she's just so... um, Selfish. Really, isn't she? Really? Yeah, well, I don't know if it's selfish or if it's just she's she's incapable of love. Mm. Yeah. Um, She's just so brittle, I think. And, um, you know, everything about Elizabeth annoys her, you know, including like, oh, when Elizabeth gets anxious, her face goes all red and blotchy and it's just so... Unbecoming. Oh, and what does she say when she's sending Elizabeth to Ireland and Elizabeth oh asks, oh, "Will you come, mummy?" And like she's Elizabeth is so like for the whole time when when Violet says, "Right, and we're going to send you off to Ireland," yeah. um, and Elizabeth is just you know bravely you know taking it Bless. all on the chin, and then eventually she goes, "Oh, mummy, could you come with me?" And then Violet says, "Don't be ridiculous, darling. Who would go to Ireland?" <laughs> <laughs> And you just so immediately you just feel for for Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, she's this little 10 year old girl. She's sent off on the ferry oh, by herself. Yeah. Not just the ferry, the train. The train She as gets well. the train to the yeah. ferry because Violet's saying, oh, I don't really want to get the train with her because, you know, um, like the fare coming back. Right. And that's another thing. Like George, is that is yeah, George's that's Violet's the husband? Dad, yeah. He says, um, you know, should we perhaps send, a, you know, money to the yeah. O'Connors, you know, a weekly allowance for yeah. keeping Elizabeth. And Violet says, don't be ridiculous. It's all part of the war effort. And then uh, the husband is like, well, you know, Ireland aren't in the war. Yeah. Well, they jolly well should be. Do you know? And so there, and that was a bone of contention, wasn't it? Well, I guess, yeah. You know, so, that, so right there. Um, and, and also that, that 
that rears its head again when um, Sean, who is yeah, Ireland's Sean Junior, yeah. Oh no, um, sorry, the ho- yeah. Although yes, yes. it's Sean Junior and Sean Senior. Yeah, yeah. So Sean Junior is all gung ho, and he wants to go and fight the good fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, join up um, the British with the Army. Brits and and fight in the in the war. And Sean Senior is like he's totally you know. So the devil era-esque staunch Republican and, you know, 800 years of oppression and why on earth should we lift a finger? The dad, Sean, is so behind his beliefs to the detriment, like he will just absolutely lose contact with his son, you know, and that's awful. And then Maeve paints this sort of, you know, this, the the tragedy of war, I suppose, you know, all these young men who went off to fight and die and like the amount of young Irish men who went off and died in the British army during the war. So I think, you know, so she sort of, because... We're, we were escaping the war basically in London when Elizabeth comes over but she brings yeah. it straight back to Kilgarrett you know like it's there it's everywhere there was no really escaping yeah. it what must it have been like to Elizabeth know. to arrive in Kilgarrett like, after London it sounds like they know. lived kind of in London town town yeah then going to a Catholic school oh where she couldn't God. really be properly present because it's she wasn't hilarious. a Catholic but and remember Ashling and all the, the pals try <laughs> and convert her <laughs> yeah. and they end and up they baptise her <laughs> they baptise her like, and they end up doing it four times because they're just not sure of it if it worked yeah, the first time. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny, religion does crop up a lot during... A lot. During and then the differences between between um, the, you know, the Protestant yes. uh, English tradition yes. and then the Catholic yeah. Irish one. I mean, that really is so evident. Yes. And I mean, it's so... That's what Maeve does so brilliantly because she, discuss, she, she talks about all these issues but in this gorgeously storytelling way that you don't really... You, know, you, you don't, don't realise. You don't realise yeah. you're actually learning something. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, it's, it's done with this beautiful lightness yes, of touch of you know touch, yeah, and you know yeah. just just as a little aside there like Maeve you know she she was 42 when when Light a Penny Candle was, she, was published she, she wasn't a spring chick no. but what she says was she was over in London as the you know the, the yeah. uh, London Irish correspondent Times. for the Irish Times and she was lonely that's why she says she, she started writing really? Light a Penny Candle yeah I was to bring her to kind of back to but her just, roots she was lonely you know, wow. she and what she said was like, you know, she said like, you know, the way in Ireland you'd be waiting on the bus, waiting at the bus stop, <laughs> and you just chat to yeah, the person waiting yeah. on the bus beside you. And she goes, but when I did that in London, like people didn't really respond in the same way. <laughs> yeah, in imagine. fact, they thought I was a crazy lady. <laughs> uh, so she was lonely, and wow. so she started writing. And I mean, obviously, she was a wonderful writer yeah. as well. But that's how um, she started. That's what she had. That's how I heard wow. that in an interview. That's how she started, and we're very glad that she did oh, we are oh we are God. and you see I'd say that's how she so she she knew about small rural town Ireland yeah, yeah. from being a teacher and then she knew and about Lond- London yeah. uh, from living there I think she lived there for nearly 10 years did she yes yeah. Yeah, that's where she met Gordon Schnell oh, who became her husband and Gordon. like literally every single novel she ever wrote I think the first one this is I'm going not to him check. is it the first but, one is to her parents I think right dedicated okay. to her parents but literally for After oh no that, no well, I'm wrong Light a Penny Candle for Dearest Gordon with right. All of My Love so every single book was dedicated oh, Oh my lord, literally every book. (gasps) Wow. Every book. One thing that really strikes me when I'm thinking about this book is like there is an abortion in it. Yeah. You know, this is 1980 Ireland. Abortion is illegal. Yeah. Uh, You know, the Eighth Amendment is a thing. I'm surprised the book wasn't banned for that, actually. Like, when you think about Edna O'Brien mm. and how vilified she was. Yeah. She, she, there was nothing about abortion no. in her book. No. And um, there was literally two girls who, you know, yeah. had sex before marriage and that was enough to get it, yeah. uh, you know, banned. And, and it's quite like, burned. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's a hard 
chapter or, or two chapters that when you know it's they, so brilliant it's, but, but I was thinking about why why did she get away with it yeah when you know 1980 Ireland you weren't even it wasn't really like divorce was no. was illegal yeah uh, you could rape your wife Do you know it, it was yeah. it was a, that long ago you know even though in terms of actual years it wasn't that no. long ago but um, you know culturally and socially it really, it yeah. really was in the dark ages. So how did and she then get here away she with is, it? and she writes an abortion in her book. Elizabeth has an abortion, mm. and the reason I think she gets away with it is because Elizabeth is English. Elizabeth is a mm. Protestant. Mm. I think if so, our standards to right. you know that we hold yeah. these characters to are lower right. for Elizabeth. So had it been Ashley, Ashley, there's no way she would have gotten away with it, or wow. I don't even know if it would have even crossed her mind. Uh, or, did, or did she think about it and say, no, Ashling, no, I can't, I can't, I won't get away with it. Right. Did she even have that conversation in her head or was it just that unconscious? You can see, you know, how Maeve writes Elizabeth, you know, just that the eye opening of what a what a family really is. Yes, you know, yeah. because she and doesn't yeah, have yeah. that. And it's so cleverly done, like the structure of the novel, because we see Ireland through the through Elizabeth's gaze mm. right so she's you know the stranger she's English yeah. she's a Protestant and she's expecting the worst because her mother's kind of said her mother has all totally this. looks yeah. down her nose yeah. and she, she has told Elizabeth oh yes now Kilgarrett is kind of a dirty yes yeah. I mean it's so horrific Isn't I can feel it? the hackles on the back Can't of my neck yeah. I can see it. it and so we see that in the relationship between Eileen Ashling's mother who yeah. is oh such an adorable mother wow. so warm yeah. She knows exactly so strong. She knows exactly what every where everyone's at, how everyone feels, and she just facilitates everything in that really Irish motherly way. The only time I wasn't mad about it was when, and I was skipping forward, but was when um, you know Ashling was. In a relationship with um, the hideous Tony. Sean. Oh, Tony, Tony. 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 So yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. talk Tony. about the men in a minute. But you know, there was. We'll go back and discuss why I'm bringing this up. But you know, when things weren't right in the marriage, let's yeah. say Eileen was still very much. You're married. You're Stop major. Stop at the table. <laughs> People are relaxing at home. <laughs> but you know what I mean. That kind of was like wow. Like women still, yeah. regardless of yeah. what their daughters were going through, I mean, were this still. Is this is the 50s yeah. you know still the 50s so what happens with that with uh, Ashling is that basically Tony yes he was sort of you know this the, the man about town yeah. in Kilgarrett he's got few a family bob. business yeah. and he's got a few bob and at that time that's very important yes when you are a woman because the women aren't really you know expected to go on to education often they're not educated no. beyond secondary school yeah. which is the case for Ashling and so they need to find a good match mm-hmm. and on paper Tony's a good match. Yeah. And Eileen was pushing very much for to find a man, find a man. You yeah, know, there, yeah, there was, yeah. like you're saying, that was the norm. That yeah. was the norm. And, and otherwise, you know, you're going to be the spinster. Yeah. And nobody wants to be the spinster. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh my God, absolutely you do. Absolutely you do. But because back in then, back yeah. then in Ireland, like as a woman, like you got married, then you had to give up your job if you yeah. had one. And then you just, then you start, you know, pushing out those babies. Yes. And there was very little getting to know, like the, oh nowadays God, where we, you know, you'd live with somebody for years. I mean, it was literally yeah. like court, very carefully and yes. church. And- <laughs> yes, and so six weeks of courtship, but yeah. now Ashling, uh, Ashling wasn't sure. Ashling is this really feisty, yeah. fabulous yeah. Uh, woman. She knows her own mind. She's intelligent. Um, she's knocked back and down. Yeah. She's um, she's very much her own mm. woman. Oh, she is. So she um, drags out the courtship 
with between herself and yeah. Tony. She she's never sure, is she? Never no. sure. She's never sure what she's supposed to feel. I yeah. think that's the problem as well. Yeah, and also like she likes you know the whole horrific scenes in, in the back of Tony's car when they're oh, courting. I'm putting yeah. courting in inverted yeah. commas. It's horrific, awful mm, to read. Mm. You know, you're reading it through your fingers. Yeah. It's like, dear God, Tony. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> she said no yeah. you know back up yeah uh, like Ashling is determined that she's not going to have sex until she gets married yes and um, Tony is absolutely badgering her like it's just appalling mm. uh, but they don't seem to be able to have that conversation where Ashling says you know you know what I, I want to wait until I'm married so can you stop <laughs> wrestling with me in the back of your car it's exhausting yeah could we maybe have a conversation <laughs> you know and and there are some times between the two of them where they do have have conversations yeah. and it's quite animated yes. and they seem to get on well but then it, it, it's just and I'm, I, it is of its time mm. as well so actually sort of what happens with her is eventually she just caves yeah yeah to his demands and she agrees to marry him and then he turns out like the you know, and Maeve deals with uh, with sex in this book. You're saying she doesn't actually write sex, but yeah. she deals with all of the issues around sex yeah. so brilliantly. Yes. Like she really, really does. Because what happens is, like Tony is, uh, he's a victim of mm. of Ireland's, you know, repressive yeah. sexu- sexuality yeah. uh, as well, as yeah. much as Ashling is and all of them. Because... That now they're married. Now he can, you know, have sex yeah. with his wife, and he can't. I know he can't. They cannot cons- consummate the the, they the, never the, do. the marriage. They never do. And he just turns to the drink because yeah. he becomes he, because obviously he thinks he's There's failing. Something wrong with him. Something yeah. wrong with him. Yeah, he won't I, go to therapy. Like, there is talk yeah. of counselling, isn't there? But he won't go. Yeah, I think he does in the does end. Yeah, I think so. He does in the end. He yeah, end, he ends up dying in an institution. Yeah. It's so sad what yeah. happens to him. And like instead, like all really that they needed to do was just to have a conversation yeah, about yeah, yeah. sex I know and then but like then even yeah but then what it turns to like is like you know he does eventually beat the shit out of her yes, do you know what I mean yeah. and that's like you know obviously the, she stuck it up until then that seemed to be in the day aha now I can go you always yeah. had to wait you have to wait for that to happen you yeah, know but, but even then even at that she uh, this happens um, Tony gets absolutely pissed one night yeah um, Ashling puts it up to him when he gets home because she's definitely not the she's, meek housewife she's never lady. afraid of him yeah, no never no, afraid of him no. and I mean it's terrible when you think about like Ashling who was working in the shop mm. her parents shop yeah happy enough mm. but then she gets married to Tony she used to give up that job no, and then she's literally sitting at home. They've no children. They're never going to have children no, because they've never had sex. sex. And even Tony seems to know that yeah. much. You know, he's out and drinking every night. He's out drinking every night, and so she's literally in a house, and it's a lovely house. Yeah, and like her sister Maureen. Oh my god! Oh, the house, the, the house, your lucky wagon. Yeah. Oh, you've got a lovely car now yeah. beneath your arse. Yeah, what? It's little you have to be complaining yeah. about. You can just was, hear you can her hear voice, it, can't you? Yeah, it was oh, that lovely thing that Maeve does so well. As you know you never know what's going on behind closed doors. You That's know, it, exactly it's, it. it's, it's there all through, you know, all her books, I yeah. suppose. And it's true. You know, it's absolutely true. What yeah. you see ain't always what's the truth. Yeah. And like, especially in comparison to Maureen's life, she's married to Brendan. I think they live on 
So I think it's a little bit of, in a squash or some squash. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be muck and shit everywhere. It's a farm. And kids hanging out her ears. Caroline, her, it's her a boobs. farm. It's a farm. Oh, what is this? Outside we speak of the of? city, there are these places and they're called farms. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very dirty. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> so poor Maureen. I think yeah. it might be a pig farm. Like it's oh, yeah. Horrible. It ain't pretty, let's be honest. And she's like, literally it's having... not Glastonbury, put it that way. <laughs> You don't have these lovely Wellingtons with the little pink roses all over them. Um, and Maureen like is basically popping out a kid every 10 yeah. months and she's got this harsh life. Harsh it, life. And, and but yeah, funny. Ashling is looking at, oh, you've got all these children. You know, again, like envying something that... that yeah, in fairness, I don't think Ashling does envy Maureen. But I, think she lo- she, I think she thinks that people are asking, <laughs> or not everyone, but asking why she doesn't have the children. Yes. Like it's such an embarrassing thing yeah, for and back her. then like, people would say, so any what's news? Any news? <laughs> and even when Tony does um, um, beat her, yeah, uh, and Ashling up Scott, she escapes mm. over to Elizabeth. Yeah, um, Eileen uh, tries to persuade Ashling. Yeah. She goes, "Look, it could just be a once-off. Look, he could go. He's he's promised he's going to give up drinking. He's going to change his ways." And but that's I, all to save face, really, all for to all save face. to save face for Yeah, rather yeah. than yeah, I mean, yeah. that came first. In everything, didn't yes. it? It was like and the like fate, and they. I remember on a Saturday they'd all get dressed up and they'd all go to mass together and they'd be seen by the community and all was good, regardless yes. yeah. of and what was know, going on. That that was the brilliant thing about Ashley because she was not prepared. She was, she put up with a lot, yeah, but she was not prepared to no, stay. That was that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so at that time, that it was must a bit huge. terrifying though to have to leave what you knew, what you knew. And, and and go to London with nothing. Yeah, but and I think Parish of Ashling was you know excited. excited. Yeah, she I likes did. the adventure. Yeah, yeah. So then over we go to London, and and literally uh, in the interim period, her and Elizabeth have tried to keep in touch, mm. but they've they found it kind of difficult, yeah. and they have drifted apart. And this is another gorgeous. But aspect. they're lying to each other as well aren't they through a lot of the letters they're yes. not telling well maybe not lying is the wrong word but they're omitting yes, uh, their details. life information this is a gorgeous um, this is something that I love about Maeve's writing so we see uh, what people are actually telling each other mm. and then we see she uses yeah. letters yeah. letter writing to show us uh, the lies yeah. or as you say the omissions yeah. that people make in their lives and how people present yes. them nothing's really changed no. like, now we have social media it's, it's the like same. Facebook yeah. oh my god you're so right it's literally the same shit it's the same yeah, shit yeah. Uh, but it's just a different medium yes so here we have the letters because yeah. I mean you really go Ashley no things aren't okay with Tony tell Elizabeth yes. that he's a drunken pisshead you know like, yes. and, and you're Elizabeth shouting Elizabeth will understand yeah. as well. she, yeah. will, she will well, accept she will, you yeah, she will help you she will help you please ask for yeah, help ask for help yeah. because Elizabeth uh, tries to persuade Ashley Ashley is so bright but she tries to persuade her to go on to study something else yes. after school but Ashley says no I just want to you know, yeah. I'll get a job. Yeah. And I'm sick of homework and sick of school homework. and be told she, what to do. Ashing doesn't see the bigger picture. Elizabeth does. Yeah. You know, yeah. she does yeah. see how important she's so yeah. mature in that way. She sees yes. how important education is, and especially perhaps in Ireland for women. Yes. Because otherwise, what's the alternative? What, it, what exactly? What happened to her? What happened to yeah. her? So over Ashing. So let's goes, take Elizabeth then. What has Elizabeth yeah. been doing in London then since Elizabeth she's... has been going out with Johnny Stone? <laughs> I say who? <laughs> I say Johnny Stone. Oh man. I like the sound of him. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Like, because Johnny Stone, he's uh, an English. He he's is. a London boy, yeah, man, yeah. young man. But when I hear his voice, I just I just hear Matthew McConaughey in my head. It's like, I like ladies. I like going to bed with ladies. Yeah. And they like going to bed with me. <laughs> 
to that is Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise. Hey there, ladies. Remember oh the Oh my God. One? So Johnny Stone is literally like that. Johnny and Stone. And he likes this, the women. Yeah. And, and like it's really, it shows us the difference uh, in attitudes to sex yeah. when we look at Elizabeth and Johnny Stone and how beautiful yeah. their physical relationship yeah. is. Yes. Like Johnny Stone is is one of those guys like, and he and he's very upfront. Well, yeah, he at says, least he's honest. He's very honest. He says, um, I I like going out. I like having fun. I like going to art galleries. I like going to antique shops. Yeah. I like going to bed with very pretty ladies. <laughs> um, but I don't, there are lots of things that I don't like. Yes. And they include things like going to see your your ailing mother in a nursing home yes. and anything that's hard yes i won't be doing any of that but and i do think you look lovely yeah. today. and if you ask me to do it we shall not be seeing each other again we shall not basically. be seeing each other again and in fairness to johnny he do, he makes no secret no, of it no and elizabeth decides she falls hard yes. for johnny stone yeah. no she really does yeah. and it's so unlike her really yeah. because she's grown up in this house and it's so austere and it's so dark it's mm. miserable it's cold yeah, very like it's cold. horrible. Grim. It's, yeah, it's it's all the rations after yeah. the post-war rations and everything. So it's very grim. And then she goes to does she do art college? I think she does. Yeah, she does. And then yeah. she gets the job in. She teaches it, um, students as well. She teaches in, in students, the art college, which is yeah. where she ends up meeting her actual husband. Yes. But she works in this gorgeous, dinky little antique shop, yeah. which is where she meets Johnny Stone. Exactly. And yeah. she, it's a very bohemian kind of it relationship. Really is. I mean, she was very brave to come to to be in that relationship yeah, because, because of course she was never Johnny Stone to... don't like wearing no condoms <laughs> no yeah, I ain't gonna wear no yeah. condoms yeah um, and she so she has to kind of organise all of that as and, well and also when she does fall pregnant she's too afraid to tell him because she knows he'll leave her so rather than even half the burden it's like okay I've got to deal with this myself and then go back to him yes because she's too terrified that if she told him he would that would be it like he'd and be it gone. would be it and it would have there been it there is no way no so basically what happens is Elizabeth gets pregnant and then she just she obviously realizes she cannot tell Johnny Stone and then she decides she's going to go ahead and have an abortion mm. but she needs um uh, all of a sudden she decides she needs actually yeah when because the, you know the, when you when the chips are down yeah. and you need some support yeah. uh, they have this amazing friendship yes. and I suppose because they built it over their formative years yeah. it really has bedded solid, in it's yeah. solid yeah. stuff and so over Ashling comes and even though Elizabeth knows for a fact that Ashling will not agree and will try and change her mind so yeah. she prefaces the whole conversation with you're not going to agree and you'll try and change my mind. You won't be able to change my mind, yeah. but I need you to come with me. Yeah. And it's, a, it's such love oh, it's gorgeous. that shines yeah. through yeah. this scene yeah. where Ashing says, oh my God, I don't agree with you. Against you all her. not yeah. do this. Yeah. Please do not do this. And but she even, feels like she sinned by even she, being there, which is a absolutely. huge thing for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. she's totally associated, yeah. sinned by association. Yeah. But she still goes but with she her. does it. It's yeah. such a beautiful yeah. scene. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It is absolutely It's a love gorgeous. story there. It is. Oh, it is. I mean, two. yeah, Ashling Elizabeth is definitely a love story. Yeah, definitely. And like Ashling never tells anyone, and she she carries that guilt with her, you know, until I, the very I, end. This is the bit of the book that I just I'm not loving. Yeah, because Ashling falls under the Johnny Stone spell. Ashling kind of really, yeah. So, so coming towards the end, when she does come over, she falls for Johnny as well, and yeah. she sort of got even though she knows what Elizabeth has been through. Yes. that would test the best of friendships, right? Oh my God, yeah. You even know, though, because really, even though now Elizabeth is going out with Henry, Henry. which is 
a horrible kind of relationship. I, it, it, well, it's not horrible. Yeah. But at first it's, it feels kind of, you know, hopeful. Yeah. And he's never going to cheat on yeah. her. Yeah, she's delighted that he actually loves her and he's willing yes. to commit and get married and have children and yes. all those things that she's yes. supposed to want. But what it ends up being is a replica of the relationship between Elizabeth's parents. So Ashing then, yes, yeah, so when she comes over, Ashing sort of gets her job and she lives with Elizabeth and she's seen Johnny Stone and it's almost like she's making up for lost time. I think it's interesting that she had to leave Ireland yeah. in the 50s uh, and go to London and, and kind of explode into her own personality, which yeah. she really, really does. And also been completely ostracised and taken away from her life and she can't go back home until... Eileen, they find out that Eileen is dying. You know, it's awful the fact that you can only go home to say goodbye. Like she'd never been able to go back because of the embarrassment of the family. Eileen is this wonderful, wonderful, warm Irish mother. And it's so, it's so sad Mm -hmm. in the novel that Ashling, who had a brilliant relationship with her, Although not as good as the one that Elizabeth had with Eileen. They no, had a, they, they had were beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. Um, but Ashling just was denied uh, that relationship with her mother for the last few years of her life simply because she did what she, Irish women yeah. weren't supposed to do yeah. and left her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Really sad. Really, 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 sad. really sad. So they, that was her last trip then back to Kilgarrett. So they sort of say goodbye to Eileen and... Yeah, it's just this really sad moment. But then they go back to London and back this is where things okay, take yeah. a bit Let's, of a... Can we talk about the ending yeah. of this novel? Oh my yeah. God. Like, okay, so here's my theory. Yes. So like the ending of the novel is is explosive really, I yeah. suppose. And it's just, but it's so, it comes out of the blue. blue. Like totally. it just, and it hits you like a the hammer over the head. You're like, wait, what? And you're not sure what you've read. You have to go you back have to and go, go back and I? say, really? Yeah. Is, that, is that what happened? Um, so... My theory is that like Maeve, I don't know if she had an editor or an agent while she was writing this, but she I did have an agent. Okay, yeah. so I imagine yeah. so her agent just said to her, OK, put the pen down. <laughs> Stop writing words. Yeah. I have a feeling this novel reads so easily. Yeah. It's like flipping into a warm bath. Yeah. It's just so gorgeously yeah. comfortable. I have a feeling that Maeve could have just gone on, gone on and on and on. <laughs> I would never have stopped. No. So the agent says, "Okay, I need to I need to make some money now. <laughs> Don't forget this is a business." <laughs> so, whatever word you're on, whatever paragraph you're in the Stop. middle of, just put the pen down. Yeah. Stop writing. Just just end it. Finish. End it in two pages. <laughs> yeah. And just do that. And that's what made us and that's what the ending feels like. The ending is disappointing. Yes, the ending is disappointing. Yeah. It's it's just well, it's just so out of tune. It's it's out to- of tune. It just feels totally wrong. Yes. And 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 like There's you're reading a, a different murder. book. Yeah, like, there's, there's a murder. murder. At the end of Light Manny Candle. Can we just say that again? <laughs> there's a murder. Like it, it's just... People get killed. Yeah. Could you do that nowadays in a novel? Your editor wouldn't let you away with that now, I don't think, would they? Uh, You'd be just like, well, that's not the book I've been reading for book. two that's weeks. A, that's an entirely different book. Yeah. That's like Scandi Noir. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very dark and it makes Ashling and Elizabeth accomplices to murder basically or maybe one of them did it I'm still not sure I think one of them did it you I think, think one, yeah. yeah I think Elizabeth so murdered. basically what happens I suppose yeah. is Henry yeah. who's Elizabeth's husband all sorts of stuff hits the fan and yeah. this brings me back to to the abortion Ashling tells Johnny Stone about the abortion, which is she very she, unusual. Ashling thinks that Johnny Stone knows, knows about the abortion. That's right. Sorry. She's, she yeah. lets it slip she out. She assumes he knows. Um, Henry finds out about the abortion. And is appalled. 
Ashling is having an affair with Henry's work colleague. Married work colleague. Married work colleague. Like, his wife really? has just had a baby. Literally just had <laughs> like a baby. the worst shit like, a woman can do. It's mean. Like, Ashling's impetuous. She isn't mean. No. You know, so no. That, that, and also, Ashling is never really mad about sex. No, yeah. You know, so it's not Even about with Johnny Stone, no. who's, you know, great in the sack. Yeah, it's like they've... <laughs> I think no, it's never that's, no. that's never the important thing. It's like for she lost her mind in some kind of way near the like it just doesn't. Know. So she's she's having this affair with Simon. Um, she uh, it gets out about the abortion. Simon tells Henry, who mm. uh, Simon just imagines that Henry, Elizabeth's husband, knows, knows about the abortion. Henry does not know. Henry goes and tries visits Ashling, yeah. calls her like this Irish slut, slut. tries to rape her. <laughs> You know, no, and know. then and then he's really drunk. But also, we have to preface all of this by saying that Henry's having a bit of an episode. Yeah, he's, he's having a bit, a bit of, a, of a breakdown. A breakdown mm. You know, yeah. And so there are because what happens with Elizabeth's mother, Violet, is that she has a breakdown. Yeah. She leaves um, Elizabeth's father. Sure. She goes off with uh, Harry. Yeah. He's a gorgeous, he's gorgeous yeah, character. One of the yeah. very few male characters in the novel who are is written in a very nice. positive yeah. way. I think only him and Donal, really. I think the rest all have some sort of... Yeah, I mean, Sean Ashing's dad isn't bad. He's not bad, but he's, no. he's just, uh, he's a bit shouty and a yeah. bit, yeah, yeah. A bit, a bit aggressive yeah. not really aggressive but just verbally kind yeah. of loud I mean some may say Johnny's bad but I mean I don't I, I, yeah well <laughs> I, I think I, I think mind. Johnny is he's not brilliant but at least he, he doesn't make any any secret yes, of who about he it. is yeah, yeah. so yeah uh, in the end this is just explosive night yeah. secrets are told mm. um, Henry is coming um home to Elizabeth in a very aggressive mm-hmm, mood mm-hmm. and we're not sure what because he's on the verge of a breakdown yeah. Harry Elizabeth's uh, stepdad happens to be in the house yeah. so we see the incident or we hear it through, through Harry's, Harry's eyes yeah. so we don't he doesn't really he's not quite an eyewitness yeah. he's close but he's not that close um, so the end is a little ambiguous but what happens is that Henry falls the implication is that he's pushed yeah. by, I think, Elizabeth. I think so. You know. So we'll do a little bit of the the sort of preface of Light a Penny Candle, which some people miss. I actually missed yeah. when I was rereading because yeah. it's, and you it's know, so here, yeah. thrown in there. It's so thrown in there, and I definitely feel so. At the beginning of Light a Penny Candle, there is a prologue, yeah, yeah, um, which isn't even called a prologue. No, it's, it's just, nothing. It's like it's, an acknowledgement. No, heading, no, there's there's no heading. It's on almost it. so, like Maeve doesn't want you to read it. Yeah. So my theory is that when the agent said. Okay, girls, Ben's down. <laughs> um, Maeve scribbled the ending in two pages and then um, to make it work, yeah. maybe the editor yeah. said, okay, stick something in at yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. Because there is an investigation yeah. into yeah. Henry's death yeah. because, yeah. you know, it is a little suspicious. <laughs> um, and it was basically uh, ruled, deemed to be, you know, death by misadventure. Misadventure, that's yeah. it. It's just an unfortunate accident. Yeah. So basically, the preface of the book which doesn't make any sense no. actually reading it. And you forget it when you... You yeah. completely yeah. forget yeah. it. So yeah. you read it at the start and yeah. you think, okay, I have no idea what what that yeah. means. And then it's only when you get to the end and you have the, the crazy murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah. they get away with it. Um, mm. 
And you want them. Of course you do. To get away yeah. with it. Because yeah. like, it, it seems, and Louise. You, yeah, absolutely. You, you yeah, do. Because yeah. you're completely invested in these characters. And it also seems to Henry. Henry's talking about his, by, by this stage, he and Elizabeth have a baby together. Yes. He's talking about taking the baby. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And leaving Elizabeth and taking. Yeah. So, you know, it's you can. It's best for all if Henry just takes a dive. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you could talk about self-defense there. Yes, well, but, that's um, true. Maeve basically uh, finishes it, you know, the, the last teeny tiny little paragraph yeah, go for is, it. so they sat in the coroner's court and said nothing until the verdict of misadventure and accidental death by falling down an internal staircase after excessive alcoholic consumption was recorded by the coroner. And then they all came out into the sun. And you know what it is? Okay, so that's the last line. Yeah. And it totally reminds me of, you know, the last episode of The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. When the screen just goes black. <laughs> And I actually thought, I remember so distinctly, I thought something happened to my telly. Really? Yes, because it was a kind of a stormy night and I thought, oh God, oh. not quite the electricity's gone off, but something's just gone, the telly's gone on the blink yeah. and going over, turning it on, turning it off. And I was like, no way, hang on, I'm not ready. <laughs> and I had the exact same Re- sensation. Did you? Yeah. They all came out into the sun and I, and I turned over the page. Where's the rest? To read the rest yeah. and... There was no. There wasn't anything else but sunshine. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's all we've got time for. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bookbirds. Thank you so much for listening. And just to say, you can also follow us on Instagram. We are at Bookbirds. You'll see us two little pictures of two chicks. Yes, and uh, the artwork was done by the very talented artist Rebecca Kelly. Rebecca Kelly. It's great artwork. So do give us a follow. And until next time, keep rereading. 